Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Uh, Applause. Hi, everybody. So today we are looking at... We're looking at commercials with parody songs in them of well-known pop songs. Cool. So basically commercials that play songs that you know, but with a twist. So we have a few cool ones lined up. Yeah, let's just get started. And the hope you do You'll always have a friend Wearing big red shoes <laughs> Anything can happen Right before your eyes Whatever you're expecting Expect a surprise When you believe in magic Ronald's kind of terrifying. Uh, it, it is funny how clowns have kind of really gone downhill in terms of that friendly, happy nature of it. It just looks like they're. When did that start? I don't know. I'm assuming like circus, like circus times, you know, it'd be like, oh, they have balloons and they do things for kids and it makes them fun. But now it just looks like, yeah, like scary. We haven't seen a nice clown thing since when? Yeah, I think just Ronald is the only nice clown yeah, that exists. Everything Every clown is a bad, of, horrible like, clown. You used to be scared Pennywise, of clowns. The Joker or uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, uh, everything's just like pretty bad, much everything you can think of is an evil clown. Is bad clown. But not this clown. So if you want to find this commercials, commercial, it's McDonald's Do You Believe in Magic commercial 1992. And I'll be honest, I feel like this song is the version I sing when I hear this song. <laughs> I always, <laughs> always, always have a friend yeah. wearing big red shoes. Yeah, I, I still say that. So the commercial itself, Ronald's just in a McDonald's and he's with a gaggle of children as he usually is and he's kind of leaning against a wall but then the wall gives way and it kind of shows this cool like world of ronald so it's not like a really cool world actually it's just like looks like ronald's bedroom and (laughs) he just he just (laughs) ronald the clown takes a gaggle of kids into his bedroom and he's you know sings the song and his coat rack has like a talking burger and his closet has a bunch of talking red shoes and he shows them a painting and then he's inside of the painting and then he takes one of the kids into the painting and then she eats lunch with grimace the big purple blob and then they do a little dance with their feet and then they head back into the standard mcdonald's and then that little boy that is the brother of tia and tamara mari what's his name taj yeah Taj is there and he yanks on Ronald and says that little line at the end and he makes a little heart motion. And then Ronald shows McDonald's and he points at the screen and looks at us happily, which is, (laughs) yeah, it's a bit creepy, actually. Like if you look at the end of it, it's like just think of any clown and it's a clown smiling and looking directly at the camera. 
Like, you can see this being scary. But not for this. It made me happy watching it as a kid because the song got stuck in my head. So it's a nice little commercial. It's very simple. It's about, it feels like a magical thing. Like, ooh, McDonald's is magical. And it's got a clown. So it's, it's a nice commercial. Yep. It is indeed nice. <laughs> well, this commercial obviously stars Ronald McDonald, the mascot clown of McDonald's. So weird. Ronald McDonald is consistently one of the most recognized figures in the world. So much, we didn't even need an intro for this commercial. That's true. You must know who Ronald is. McDonald's has made its way around the world to the point that it's, yeah, it's like sure. a Mario situation, isn't it? Like I forgot. Mario, I, Mario. I forgot how much this dude and Mickey Mouse and everybody known worldwide. They're very known. But so yeah, Ronald. A lot of the top ones are, pick... I think, uh, U.S. and Japan. Yeah. But why did they pick a clown? Because clowns are scary. Because <laughs> it's happy. It's a happy clown. Look how he looked nice at you at the end there. He didn't look nice at me. He looked like he was ready to kill me and take me into his bedroom. But anyway, yeah. No, Ronald, Ronald is, yeah, the most, is one so, of the most well-known I think, mascots out there. Yeah, around 1995 or so, he was the second most known fictional character to American children. Second only to Santa Claus. Coca-Cola's Santa Claus? With that? Huh? Coca-Cola's Santa Claus? I don't think so. Just in general. (laughs) (laughs) The Santa uh, Claus we know is based off of Coca-Cola's Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. I got that. (laughs) Re-listen to our old episode about, what, Coke or something? It's probably about Coke or Christmas. We've talked about Santa and Coke. We have Coke episode and we have christmas episode they're both fabulous so have a listen to them but anyway yeah an episode on gi joe extreme <laughs> okay no we don't we this don't talk gone. about gi joe extreme yeah so the fact that he appeals to children it's because you get kids early hooked on your your supply but that <laughs> has gotten him into trouble with a bunch of organizations like yeah, look, you're getting kids to eat very unhealthy things very early on in their young lives. That's going to hurt them. But the um, McDonald's CEOs are like, yeah, we're trying to get healthier stuff, but Ronald's not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, yeah. we'll be healthy, but the clown stays. That's the trade-off. They give so, you those horrible vegetable dippers, and then they'll keep, get to keep the clown. Yeah, so Ronald McDonald was first played by Willard Scott, who you might know as the weatherman of the Today Show, well, back in the day. He was before uh, Al Roker, right? I think so, yeah. He was a bit of a weird man, but he was very (laughs) peppy, which makes sense that he was Ronald. Yeah, he played Bozo the Clown on TV. So a local McDonald's asked him to make a commercial playing some sort of clowns so they could uh, boost sales. So this guy named Oscar Goldstein and his ad agency created the clown character for Willard Scott to play. He looked different from he was now. <laughs> he had like a, he had a, a striped suit that was yellow and red up and down stripe. And he had a cup on his nose and a straggly hair. But his most signifying thing, he had that tray on his head with food. Yeah, um, like, I recommend typing Willard Scott McDonald's into Google Images and... If that terrifying ending of Ronald is It wasn't terrifying. terrifying. It was warm and inviting. It wasn't. It just looks weird. But anyway, have a look. It's not a really welcoming. It's not a welcoming clown to me. 
But yeah, he took it off his head and goes, you can have burgers and fries and shakes. A magic tray here keeps me well supplied. McDonald's hamburgers, french fries, and milkshakes. Watch for me on TV. We'll have lots of fun. And then he's dancing at the end. You could tell that by the end of that very first commercial, it, it kind of ends. And he's just getting himself together at the end. <laughs> like does like a little dance and a walk. And then it cuts, just cuts off. Kind of walking off. That's it's really funny. funny. Okay. But, uh, so he said that children like Bozo and they like burgers. So it went well together. He got his recognizable look in 1966 which by then he was now played by Michael Polakovs, Polakovs, I'm sorry, I mispronounced it, who was known for playing Coco the Clown. So it went from Bozo clowns. to Coco. Bozo to Coco. A lot of work in clowns. Polyakov, but it was people could not pronounce my real name. <laughs> so I stuck to Coco. Yeah, they've gone through quite a bit. I for some reason, I guess, because the 80s stuff, the one I remember most is Squire Friedel, who was in Mac and Me. <gasps> Mac and, and Me. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the one I remember, yeah. Uh, what a name. The trailer, was, the trailer was the one where he's most in there. Hi, kids. It's me, Ronald McDonald, and I'm on the set of my very first motion picture ever. It's a movie called Mac and Me. And uh, the one in this commercial was Jack Dupka or Dope. It's spelled like dope key, but I think it's dopka. Dopka. Yeah. So there are a lot of people who have played Ronald and McDonald's being a big corporation, very protective of their IP. They put the new Ronald's and even backup Ronald's through a strict training course. He has to have the specific mannerisms. He has to just do what he has to do. Like if he smiles every time he pulls out his whatever, or he can't have his socks sticking out or something. They, they, they're really strict with that. And he makes appearances doing street magic and street at magic. the Ronald McDonald's children's charities. Oh yeah. Um, helping the sick kids who are, well, unfortunately sick. So is that why this song is about magic? Well, he's a magical clown. So <laughs> you know, magical, weird McDonald land. I think the commercial we just watched was the most normal of the whole McDonald's. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't feel too, whoa, it just looks like he has a false wall. Um, a false so he can wall. just, you know, during work, he can just go in there and take a quick nap. And Muppet shoes that talk. They were cute shoes. Uh, I like them. They he, look like the shoe from uh, uh, Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Yeah, but... Yeah, so children love them, and being a magical clown, they had to use a happy, loving, loving, whimsical song. So, in the early 90s, they started a campaign called Do You Believe in Magic? Ronald, being a magical clown who's friendly with children, they used the 1960s band The Lovin' Spoonfuls' Do You Believe in Magic? And I feel like even the name works, you know, food. Yeah, The Lovin' Spoonful. And it just feels like a nice thing. They even refer to their own songs as good time music. So I like their songs. <laughs> I, well, there's one in particular I like. Um, yeah, I think. This one's cute. I like one of those as a favorite. The Love and Spoonful was a band started by John Sebastian, who was in a jug band, and <laughs> Zal Yanofsky in 1965. They were later followed by um, Joe Butler who is currently the singer, and... They're still around? Yeah, they're still around. Oh. And 
bassist Steve Boone. I thought they'd be dead. Oh, well, um, one of them is dead. Oh, they, they were pretty big in the mid '60s, and they had a string of hits. I think their first seven hits all hit the top ten. Wow, that's impressive. A string of hits called "Do You Believe in Magic," mm-hmm. "Daydream," which I think is my personal favorite of theirs. Yeah, me too. Did you ever have to make up your mind? Which I think they used in another commercial. Yeah, that? that sounds familiar. Did you ever have to make up? Your yeah, mind? I don't remember what the heck. Very goofy little song it was, they but. Daydream's yeah. a really good song, though. I like that one. That's a really yeah, nice song. With the death, the death car thing. I don't uh, know. You didn't have to be so nice. And summer in the city. Wow. Okay. So they've they have an interesting blend. But all right. Yeah, that's popular enough, guys. Cool. They were successful and influential in the folk scene and influenced a lot of contemporaries, hmm. like the Grateful Dead and even Daydream. Paul McCartney wanted to make a song like Daydream, so he wrote Good Day Sunshine. Good Day Sunshine. I really like that song. I heard it the other day, and I thought the same. I was like, I like this song. I actually said it out loud. He um, said, I like this song. It sounds like the love and spoonfuls Daydream. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Uh, it's so popular yeah. that at one point, the producers of what would become the Monkees TV show thought they should be the band that would be portrayed in the TV show, but then they made the casting call, and... The show Monkey's history was made. We know and love, if you remember it, <laughs> was... Yeah, born. we shouldn't know what that is. But it's a good you show. You were born in 2005. Do you remember? <laughs> you don't even know what a monkey is. But, you know, The Monkeys yeah. was a good show. So The Living Spoons Fall was supposed to be The Monkeys, yeah. kind of. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that. I didn't realize they were that big. I know of The Living Spoons Fall, but I didn't realize yeah. they were that big. Do you Believe in Magic was their first single. Oh, number nine in the, the hot 100 hot 105 hot 100. song is about the power of music how it brings happiness to the musician and the audience there's a line there that says believe in the magic that will set you free what was it that other line that says how the music can free her whenever it starts well just listen to the song yourself of course, they switch up the song for Ronald. He's a magical clown, wears big red shoes. Does it kind of fit? I guess because the power of music and happiness and Ronald happiness. Do you think it fits? Yeah. Like, I mean, do you of course, you got to shoehorn it in there. But okay. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. I think it's nice. It's a nice little like jaunty song. Yeah. And I think it fits Garnold with Ronald. Garnold. I feel like we're forming a lot of words today. <laughs> Today's not a good day for recording. Oh, you get the only one was a, a Dupke and Yanovsky. Yeah, this is not working well. Uh, Look, guys, we don't do well with like Eastern European names. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, so, not many uh, names. Unless your name is Smith, we're gonna botch it. Yeah, but eventually, both of the founders. Yanovsky, he left in 1967, and then John Sebastian left in 1968, and he was the primary songwriter. So drummer Joe Butler and bassist Steve Boone worked with Yanovsky's replacement, Jerry Yester, but they couldn't really keep up the uh, popularity, so they broke up in 1969. So I think they were from 1965 to 1969. That's a short run for having, they had a good few hits, Yeah, that's pretty cool. So they did a pretty good job with all those hits. Mm. John Sebastian went on to play Woodstock. Ooh. And then after 
a significant period of time from his previous success. In 1976, he wrote the theme song to Welcome Back, Carter. <gasps> Welcome back. Welcome I've never actually years. seen one episode of Welcome Back, Carter, but I know the song. <laughs> and then 10 years later, he wrote songs for the Care Bears movie. Which songs for the Care Bears movie? Was it? I. Nobody cares like a bear. Nobody think, cares and... like a bear. What's the last one? I love uh, that stupid movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Care Bear Family. Proud to be in the Care Bear Family. His voice is very <laughs> distinct. So, look. Yeah. It, the weird, weird choices. Didn't Carol King do a song for the Care Bears movie? Weird, yeah, she did. Weird film. You know, if you like Care Bears or if you like nostalgia or if you like 70s, 60s folk rock musicians, watch the Care Bears movie. <laughs> that she is my it's so like <laughs> droll. It's weird. It's such a weird. Thing. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. This isn't about the Care Sebast- Bears. Sebastian went on to a little bit of a uh, successful career. Yanovsky, after he left, he tried to make it in the uh, music industry, but he eventually got sick of it and retired. He started a restaurant named Shea Piggy. Shea Piggy. <laughs> I don't know what that is. He passed away in 2002 wow. with his daughter taking over the restaurant. Shea Piggy. Butler and Boom still play in the Love and Spoonful. And in 2020, John Sebastian joined them for an autism charity. That oh, was the first nice. time the original members, except for the Janowski, and Jerry Yester was fired in 2017. So they're still around. Interesting. Wow, that's okay. a really weird Another like, thing, journey. Um, a journey through the 60s band. Another thing about the Care Bears. Okay, so <laughs> the Mickey Rooney Happy Magic Man at the end is the villain boy, right? Yes. Yes, is yes, the yes, wife yes. girl the girl from the main character girl? I don't know. Or is she just some wife? So an aside to our listeners, if you haven't seen the Care Bears movie, it's about an outcast nerd kid who gets in with a diseased monster book who casts evil spells and he wants to be cool. Anyway, it's a frame story from a dad telling his kids the story of him finding this book. And what we're trying to figure it's out like right now is if his wife at the end is the girl that tries to help him throughout the film yeah because they don't say her name or anything no i'm anyway just, i'm just enough gonna say yeah, Care yeah, Bears and just Care Bears let's focus and on mcdonald's and daydream. willard scott daydream is a good song daydream okay of, death of, commercial i have not been able to find that death commercial i want to find it oh right. yeah there was a commercial that used death he was kind of on a little bike and doing really wonderful things while the song daydream played in the background i don't remember what product i it was think selling. the car the car he was gonna drive made him so happy or something oh okay it was a car well, commercial. An idyllic i think like of... almost every love and spoonful song has been in a commercial then because <laughs> like eventually i guess you just you probably don't even know who the band is but they're like i've heard that song like yeah exactly I feel like if you were a 60s, 70s, 80s, and now 90s band, probably 2000s, you have given a song to a car. Car commercials just monopolize every song out there. Yeah. All right, let's 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 move on. That was a really weird journey, as I it's said very before. Very happy, though. It was nice and happy. It's a great song. Okay, so that's the takeaway from this commercial. Listen to Daydream by The Love and Spoonful. All and Ronald right. is a magical, happy clown. Let's move on to the next commercial. So just dive in straight in. 
good human man. I'm the only man, man, with the ice cream pan. I take my ice cream across the land. Strawberry shortcake, a chocolate eclair. It's toasted armor with a sidewalk fair. Cookie sandwich with a chocolate chip. How about a Sunday cone that'll make you flip? I'm a good human man. In every store, if it's taste you want, you couldn't ask for more. I'm a good human man. Get into a good human. Oh, I'm the good human. <laughs> um, this is an interesting commercial. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. So, first of all, it's basically just the good humor man. He, wait, what were the, uh, I think the states or the roads in the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning of the commercial, it shows like various major cities. cities. Like ba- it's it shows a bunch of good major humor st- man crossing yeah. the, the country, giving away yeah, his good humor. It shows humor. Uh, one of those post signs. They say New York, Dallas, New Orleans, Los Angeles. Yeah, so basically, he's going around the country. That's what he says in his rap or whatever. His scat rap. His scat rap. He says, I'm taking my ice cream across the land. And then it showed him in front of like various spots, like the Hollywood sign and uh, the Statue of Liberty. Then he's pulling out a bunch of good humors out of the back of his truck. And he has a bunch of children with him eating the delicious treats while they're all dancing to the song that he's. Yeah. Just apparently made up yeah he's just story. really excited about giving away good humor because none of those children are paying I'm gonna spread this across the land so and then at the it, end he finally like dancing and twirling and he goes back in his truck to sell like, yeah, more good humor i'm gonna so, go to another city so one of the things that makes the good humor man show. kind of like a a well-known image is the way that he's dressed it's all white with a little yeah. white cap and it says good humor on it. So like he's your wholesome, lovely ice cream man who he, just, you know, is giving you a tasty treat to He looks like a milkman sailor or something. Yeah, he does look like a milkman. He's kind of like a milkman that sells frozen milk. <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with good humor, it is an ice cream brand. It was started by a man named Harry Burt, created the company in 1920 in Youngstown, Ohio. Ohio. So he kind of came across the concept of creating ice cream of this variety by using the chocolate coating over ice cream that Eskimo pie used. And he put it on a stick after his daughter said it was messy. So the stick stuck to the frozen ice cream. Well, (laughs) the way that ice cream kind of was, was a bit messy. And his daughter apparently was really picky. So he put it on a stick and good humor ice cream bars were created so it's a pretty cool way of distributing ice cream and not making it a complete mess so normally back in the day ice cream was sold outdoors and it would have to be sold quickly because it would melt it's ice cream so you know those kind of like (laughs) old-timey images of a man pushing a cart with ice cream like i got the ice cream i don't know (laughs) i just think of like like, like, italian man i got the ice cream here him from uh he just immigrated he's, he's from he's just come from palermo <laughs> but anyway last name was Doka. <laughs> so that is nowhere near an italian name so the little ice cream push carts weren't really designed to keep the ice cream cool and cold however harry burt he put a refrigerator in a fleet of trucks with bells on it and i think we can say that that's the ice cream truck as we kind of know it 
So he came up with the idea of, hey, let's just keep this ice cream really cold and we can take it around and we can drive around and distribute ice cream. So (laughs) they called it the sales car, but it later became known as the ice cream truck. It sold well during the Depression because it was cheap. (laughs) It's kind of nice, I guess, good humor and depression. And after World War II, they moved to the I guess it was a a reprieve from the horrible... Yeah, the the oppressive nature of the Depression. Here's a bit of ice cream to make you a bit happy. But after World War II and the Depression, all that kind of stuff, they moved to the suburbs and served the baby boomer kids. So it kind of became this symbol, the good humor truck and the good humor man. It it became the symbol of Folsom families, kind of that Norman Rockwell life. So if you think of the... Mm that era, the 1950s, that ice cream man is quite a featured character, a lovely man that gives away ice cream and makes children kind of happy. Hello, Willie. Hello, Mr. Woodwoman Man. So, unfortunately, that kind of idyllic, lovely lifestyle never existed. Disappeared around 1976, and Good Humor actually had to sell its trucks. It stopped doing ice cream trucks. They became a financial burden, mainly due to the gas shortage of the 1970s. So they stopped using them in 1976 and moved pretty much to the grocery aisle. So they weren't really that ice cream man anymore. Um, And it kind of meant that the Good Humor man disappeared during this time. But because they moved into groceries, Good Humor didn't completely sink. They became profitable again in the 80s after building up their grocery sales. And they became successful enough to be bought out by a major company, Unilever. So if you too grow a massive company, you can be bought out. I know Unilever also owned everything. Ben and Jerry's, but what else do they have? Like shampoos? They own everything. I did some work with Unilever a long time ago. They own way too many brands. They own (laughs) a lot of brands and they work around sustainability. But anyway, back to, to good humor. So, you know, with time passing, they brought the good humor man back in 1996 for nostalgia purposes, hence this commercial. It was around that time that other companies also brought back famous mascots like Betty Crocker and Aunt Jemima. So they're the good humor company jumped in on that sort of trend. So this commercial features a guy named Robert Gant, who I suspect is a dancer because he was doing a lot of dancing in this. Yeah, Um, he's no rapper. I think think he was like (laughs) 27 or something. What? I still look at him with my child eyes and think of him as older. Yeah, <laughs> but he is not. I still look at that with some people. Yeah, it's very yeah. strange. You're just kind of planted in a certain age in, in, in certain ways. So this commercial was was pretty popular and did quite well. It was notorious during a period like 96 in that period of time. You would just hear it all the time. So, you know, good was that was and that pizza commercial. Pizza. With the, the, <laughs> what was that guy? The, the, the dude who photocopied the pizzas and made more pizzas. Lunchables. <laughs> Lunchables. Sorry, I was thinking of bagel bites. Pizza. <laughs> pizza. In the- oh, I really want a bagel bite. I hear this. I think of this every time I think of bagel bites. I really just want pizza. Whatever. We're talking about ice cream. So they've, uh, Good Humor's had a long history. They're still around and they're still active in the ice cream space. Even in 2020, so last year, they started a campaign for ice cream trucks to stop using jingles with would- race. That was their 100th year. That was their 100th year. <gasps> that's their 100th year. Oh, that's so nice. So they've been around for 100 years. And they started a campaign for ice cream trucks. They no longer run ice cream trucks, but, you know, they have like this strong attachment to them to stop yeah. using jingles with racist pasts, such as turkey in the straw, which was used in America by minstrel shows. So 
a little bit of background on Turkey and the Straw. It was an Irish fiddle song, the old rose tree, but minstrel shows took the tune and put racist lyrics on a lot of them. So the song was used by ice cream trucks and probably with the old non-racist Turkey in the Straw in mind. But a lot of these ice cream trucks also used several Southern songs that had racial histories and weren't Turkey in the Straw. So ice cream truck companies kind of wanted like to move Dixie. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was in the land of cotton. God, some of these songs. And they wanted to move away from that ice cream companies pretty much. And what's so, with the old timey things? Like, did you, were you so bored? You just have to make a song? Probably. Like you had nothing to do. What are you going to do? <laughs> read? So probably. You probably couldn't river. even read. So you just sang songs. You just, like you make up songs when you're bored, even now with all of the things we have in front of us. Speaking of making up songs when they're bored, Good Humor teamed up with Wu-Tang Clan's RZA to come up with a new song. So this is actually the new jingle for A New Era. nice song i actually really like it i think the weird little bass is kind of strange i feel it dates it actually a little bit but it's a lovely i think it's a lovely tune and if i heard it on an ice cream truck i actually wouldn't be mad i think i think it's nice <laughs> i think you could do without the yeah the, the bass drops. stuff just to, just the jingle and it'd be like Ooh, the jingle's really it. nice i like the jingle i think they did a good job on that good like, job good humor do, 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 do. So I want to speak a little bit on the key element of this whole on this episode, and that's the kind of song parody side of this. So if you listen to the song when you were a kid, you probably didn't have a clue. But this song is actually based on a song called Scatman Ski Ba Bop Ba Da Bop by a man named Scatman John, whose real name was John Paul Larkin. So Larkin was a jazz musician who had a bad stutter, which you can probably not awfully surprising considering <laughs> the tune. So he later learned scatting, but he rarely talked because he was bullied for his stutter. So it kind of affected him negatively, but he overcame that. He released his first album, a jazz album, but left the US to go to Europe where jazz was a bit more appreciated. So while he was there, his agent suggested, hey, why not make a dance album? Because, you know, jazz and dance, so strongly connected. Because of that, Scatman was a bit reluctant, but he eventually joined in and his wife gave him the idea of talking about his stutter. So the producer didn't think it would work, but actually after hearing the song, uh, he was on board. And he thought of how that whole stutter thing, the scat thing, the jazz thing, of how it could bring people together. So an old man singing scat jazz in young people's dance music. So it was this weird confluence of odd elements that came together to create a fun and interesting and engaging song. So the song itself was released in 1995, and it was a big hit because of all of those factors. It was weird. It was catchy. It was fun. Featured a man with a mustache. It showed positive messaging that would kind of follow in his career. It mentions his stuttering and how scat are similar and how you can overcome your problems. 
So it had a really nice positive vibe to it. it. Other songs like, uh, within his album kind of enforced that whole idea of he coming says together. In the song, if the scat man can do it, so can you. Just like a <laughs> nice little song. What's it? The video has it like a bunch of weird screens and people dancing and him. Yeah, it it is kind like of this old man global with, elements. I'm the scat man. So it was a successful song. He won awards from both music organizations, but also organizations that worked with issues like stuttering and things like that. So, you know, he got a lot of accolades for using his voice and his scatting abilities. um, (laughs) Yeah, they said said when he talked during interviews, you could still kind of hear that he was stuttering. Oh, so yeah, he, he was popular for it and he's beloved for it. He came out with another hit, called Scatman's World, which, I mean, being honest, sounds really, really similar to Scatman. <laughs> I think <laughs> he also one, had one in there that was called The the Song of Scatland or something like that. It, so it's it basically all about scatting. <laughs> there's a lot of scatting and a lot about him. So that one also became kind of popular, but his general popularity kind of died down after his third album. He did remain big in Japan, though. And even had his song Scatman covered by Ultraman, the big robot. <laughs> Jet Jaguar. I'm Ultraman. So stupid. I'm Ultraman. <laughs> so that's Ultraman singing Scatman. Scat Ultraman. So he died, uh, unfortunately, John Paul Larkin in 1999 of lung cancer shortly after the release of his fourth album. But he's got that longevity that comes from Scatman and very lightly resurfaced in 1996 with the Good Humor Man version of Scatman. So we got Ronald and the Love and Spoonful. We got Good Humor Man and Scatman. It's all positivity. And now for the last one. Look for these delicious summer recipes from Jello Gelatin and Cool Whip in July Women's Magazines. I want Cool Whip. I just want to eat it. Cool Whip tastes so good and it's so light and airy. <laughs> I, sometimes I still think of that, especially when it's cool. Yeah. Oh um, so this commercial is called 1999 Cool Whip Commercial. There's not much to it. It's just various ways of how you can use Cool Whip. And it shows a bunch of people at a party outside a garden party during the summer. Picnic? Or eating. Yeah. Just having a garden party, eating Cool Whip. So everybody's a little just, girl doing the Batusi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just putting Cool Whip on your smoothie, putting Cool Whip on your pie, putting Cool Whip on your fruit. Just, um, so just going, putting like, Cool Whip on your Jello, putting Cool Whip on your cupcake. Just zooming um, in and out. Yeah, it's really that erratic <laughs> 90s, like zoom in, zoom out, like, you know, MTV Cribs kind of stuff, <laughs> but about Cool Whip instead. So it's it's a really straightforward commercial. It's not much going on. It's just like, here's Cool Whip. Eat it. And you know what? It works. I want to eat Cool Whip. <laughs> it works because I want to eat Cool Whip too. The Cool and I also want to do The Cool Jerk. Speaking of which, <laughs> uh, 
All right. So Cool Whip was created by food scientist William A. Mitchell for the General Foods Company. William H. Macy. I genuinely thought you were going to say that. <laughs> Sorry, my brain kind of died. Okay, so Mitchell created a lot of our favorites, non-organic junk foods. He created Ooh. a tapioca substitute for World War troops. They actually called it Mitchell Mud because uh, we were in a war in the Pacific. So trade stopped with the plants over there so they couldn't make tapioca. Tang, which was used for astronauts. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. Which they, they advertise it like good enough for the astronauts, good enough for you or something. It's like powder that you make it into a big invention fruit thing. But I think Buzz Aldrin one time said it sucked and John Glenn said it sucked. Oh, okay. Well, you know. John Glenn's wife, who was head of a stuttering uh, organization. To help what? With that. Yeah, she was. There's a lot of stuttering in this. Maybe this should have been a stuttering commercial series. <laughs> and Sweet Tooth Did the Willard Clown. Did Willard Scott stop her from a stutter? <laughs> Sweet Tooth the Clown, who drives an ice cream truck. All right. So he also... Uh, like in the commercial, there was a Cool Whip on top of Jello. He also created a precursor to what would become Jello. And wow, this guy was a big powdered egg whites. Yeah. It was uh, he started work when he was like a really young teenager at, at a factory or something, and then he got horribly injured in a fire or something like that. Jesus. <laughs> so he's got a pretty cool, interesting life. But he also made some failures like carbonated ice. Which, I like the idea yes. of carbonated ice, so I probably would have been into it. I don't know what it is, but it sounds neat. <laughs> I guess you drop it into water and it gives you soda. I don't know. The Cool Whip was introduced in 1966, just like the song that's coming up. And within two years, it became the top seller of the Bird's Eye line of the General Foods Company. It was non-dairy at first, but in 2018, they added skim milk. So now and it's now it's a dairy product. What? <laughs> One of the advantages was that when you sold cream, it could go bad and you had to keep it in the refrigerated section and everything. This one could be sold frozen. And since it's frozen, once you put oh, it in room yeah, temperature, it whip so bad. <laughs> and then you can spray it out the aerosol can so they could put it frozen and it had a longer shelf life. <clears throat> it is now one of the most consumed whip toppings, which is what it's officially called by. Uh, yeah, because it's not cream in the U.S., he retired in 76 with over 70 patents. And I think he had Dang. some guy said he had even like 10 patents a year. He's one of the maestros of this whole food science thing. That's pretty cool. So he retired in 1976 and he died in 2004 at the age of 92. Dang. He had man. seven kids and one of Whoa. his, one of his kids was his daughter, Cheryl Mitchell, who also became a food scientist uh-huh. But instead of making substitutes with stuff you can't pronounce, she works with natural foods and tries to create plant-based milk out of other things. Oh, milk. So he created stuff that helped us uh, get sick. And she <laughs> say, he came up with the type of stuff that people now probably turn their nose up at. They're like, it's not organic enough, which is quite smart of yeah. his daughter to go that other direction. Well, I don't know if she's def- wanted to or something. Maybe that's just the direction the industry's gone and she's into it, you know? But anyway, that's kind of cool. Sounds like an interesting guy. Yeah, he was. I guess he was. Pretty cool. And the um, the song this is based on is called 
cool jerk. Do, 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 do. It was a song by a group called The Capitals. The Capitals started off in 1962 as the Three Caps. I don't know why they call them as all that. They were Samuel George, Don Storball, and Richard Mitchell. Samuel George was the vocalist, Don Storball was the guitarist, and Mitchell was the keyboardist. Richard Mitchell is no relation to William and Cheryl Mitchell. <laughs> and they released their first single, Dog and Cat, in 1963. And after a tepid response, they were like, you know what? Starting in 62, let's just cut it off in 63. We're, we broke up. <laughs> they just like, here's a year of work. <laughs> nah, this isn't oh, Yeah, whatever. After they broke up, the guitarist, Don Storval, wrote a song on the dance craze, The Jerk, because 60 had a bunch of dance crazes like the twist and the Freddy. What's and the stuff one like where they like swim, where you kind of like drown? I don't. I don't know. I can only think of it, and no one could see it. The Jerk was sung about before by the Larks in The Jerk, and the Miracles in Come On, Do the Jerk. <laughs> so, in keeping with that, he called his song, at least initially, the Pimp Jerk. Why? <laughs> Because at Detroit dance clubs, pimps would go into the dance clubs and because they didn't want to look uncool doing the popular dance, The Jerk, they did their own version, which was cooler looking. Ah, okay. So they called it The Pimp Jerk, but... I don't even know when everyone got When everyone got together, they were like, this probably won't get past the censors, so let's change it to The Cool Jerk. <laughs> he really liked the song and how it could probably capitalize off the dance craze so he got his old band members back get the band together and he (laughs) let's get the band back together and he uh convinced his record label to sign them on once again and with the motown house band the funk brothers they released it in 1966 the funk brothers the song is about a man who dances the jerk, but the other guys, according to the song, one of the lyrics, the other guys wear silly smirks because he looks uncool doing the jerk. Mm. But after he performs it, they no longer wear the silly smirks and they all acknowledge he is the king of the cool jerk. So now he's cooler than them doing a stupid dance. <laughs> uh, one of the lyrics is... One of the, there's like a break where you're supposed to do the dance. It says, look at those guys. Look at me like I'm a fool. But ah, deep down inside, they know I'm cool. (laughs) So after the single became a hit, they released two albums in the same year, 1966. Mostly of Motown and Soul covers. But neither the album nor the singles, including the instrumental Cool Jerk 68, Sold well, and they were just like, yep. Okay, that's enough again. (laughs) Let's break up again. They broke up in 1969. Oh, wow. So they just had a bit and then just went no more. Yeah. One of them was murdered in the 80s. Oh, dear. One of them died under unknown circumstances, and the other one became a Detroit cop. Oh, okay. What a weird connection i mean right. journey they were very these are, these are all journeys yeah this is very funny they just kind yeah, of went, I, did, all right, I thought I they were just like, <laughs> yeah so then uh you probably heard this song and like they sell out this song in pretty much everything you ever heard and 
what to you is where you heard the song first? Uh, well, I probably heard it on the radio first, but the thing I can't help but associate it with, apart yeah. from actually Cool Whip, is Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to think of, what is it, Uncle Fred? Uncle or whatever. Frank. Uncle Frank. Frank Uncle Frank singing, singing in, the in the shower. And then he has a Bozo the Clown inflatable. <laughs> Everything's tied together. <laughs> he has a Bozo the Clown inflatable, pretends it, and then Tim Curry walks in. We should play this little clip of it. Yeah, so um, he's not a good singer, um, but that's what I think of every time. Yeah, so that's what I think of when I think of the cool jerk. So another, all a very particular era. All I think stuff. of that, and I do think of this cool. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like, oh, shh, cool get out whip. <laughs> I hate it with this is the thing. It's like stolen valor. What is it like when these <laughs> com- <laughs> when these companies use like popular songs and then just like cheesify yeah. them one hundred percent and add that to it? But annoyingly, like you're crumbelievable. Yeah, you're crumbelievable. I still say that, and I hate that I say it. It's so it feels like they're cheating, and I don't like it. But whatever, it works. I want to eat Cool Whip. So actually, that's a segue to our rating situation. So let's rate. Okay, let's let's do the let's do this all very quickly. Um, which is your least favorite? <laughs> Are you in a hurry or something? Yes, I've got to catch uh, up. Let me see. Okay, the first one, the second one, the third one is this, this, and this, and goodbye, everybody. Okay, let me see. My least favorites would be, I guess, Cool Whip because it's it's so simple, and to me, it, the song is just so cheesy with the whole thing. It's like, come on, you went from pimps trying to not be cool to being cool to whip. That just doesn't work. <laughs> it just, hey, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, yeah, I would agree with you. Like the song's good. It, it, the, um, the, the parody part is just so cheesy. It's like, oh, come on. It's uh, yeah. The commercial itself is boring. Um, it's just like, ooh, cool whip in various ways. It's really the only thing that makes it is the song. Everything else. The most about exciting it is part is this weird little girl dancing the batusi. Yeah, that's that's it. Everything else is just. It's not a great commercial. It it's really the song that takes it to the next level. If there was no song, the commercial would just be. I mean, it's part of the commercial. <laughs> the song but, and know, the zoom ins. Yeah. Whoa! This is some crazy cool whip. Okay, we're agreed. So, cool what's whip. your what's your second? Ah, oh, this one's tough. My second is Cool Whip. Just kidding. Um, oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Cool Whip. So, what? Is, that's your least favorite too. That's my least uh, favorite. Yeah. Let me see what the second one. The second. I guess it would tough. be like, for me, it's the Good Humor Man, because uh, again, it's pretty simple. Just some dude. I like the little story that he's going across America to these big cities and these towns. Well, it moves from the suburbs to uh, the big cities in this commercial. He's just traveling around in his weird milkman Navy outfit, dancing with the kids, giving them frozen treats across the land. <laughs> I, the, song, uh, the, the happy look of it, I like it. The song, 
it doesn't annoy me as much as Cool Jerk Cool Whip. Yeah, yeah. It's not as cheesy, but it's it's kind of funny. Because the song itself was about positivity. And it's like, here, have some tasty treats. The guy dances okay, I guess. Yeah, it's fun. His dancing (laughs) is fun. I I mean, I think we're just on the same page here. Like, I feel like it's tough between the top two. But yeah, this one's second for me. Just because it's, I don't know. Again, it's the song. The song really helps it. But at least there's something interesting going on in the commercial. Like, the guy dancing is really fun to watch. There's a lot of cheesiness to it. It's actually a bit tough. Like, when he looks at the end, kind of like, I'm your ice cream man. It's a bit, like, cringy. It's a cringy commercial, but the dancing, the kind of activity around it makes it fun. And kids eating ice cream, you know. I like the, how the kids are just super average looking. They're not like, oh, I'm an actor kid who. <laughs> oh, right. They just look like regular kids not in the like neighborhood rather kids, than like these average children. They yeah. are not uh, very attractive children. No, I mean, they just look like the average child is like, hey, you want to get paid $20? And yeah, ex- yeah, I get what you're saying. So they look like regular cream? kids, okay, cool. not like. They probably paid them in ice cream. Star kids, yeah, I'd be paid in ice cream if I was that old. Oh, there, there, was been mad, there was a story about the um, the good humor mm. that this poor kid couldn't pay the five cents for the ice cream, so the good humor man traded uh, a magazine for it. And then the next day, a bunch of kids just had magazines to pay him. Oh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I was like, all right, kids, you're taking advantage now. All right, so that means our number one is the McDonald's, the McDonald's, the Do You Believe in Magic commercial. I think the reason this is tops for me is just because there's a lot. The song is stuck in my head and it works and it fits with the character. I think just the do you believe in magic aspect, magic clown. And there's a lot to look at that makes it fun. Like the the shoes and the painting, like Grimace being there and Birdie and the little burger that sings. So it's just a fun, the song yeah, is good. His, it works. And it's just a fun little romp through his Ronald's little- life coat rack Arnold. things to me <laughs> his little coat rack and uh his shoes the shoes are the funniest to me but it's just the basic thing another positive song do you believe in magic because the music can help you out and this this clown is just a happy clown which by the way why is he one of the rare only happy clowns of today's world all the, the clowns are bad there's no good clown every clown is bad Bozo disappeared even, in like 1960. Even uh, Ronald? No, Ronald's the only good clown. Like the only and like, like and even then they phased him out a little bit. He's not like the main dude. <laughs> Probably because he gives kids Probably poison. He's, <laughs> scary. Yeah. he's poisoning yeah. children. So okay. Uh, so yeah. So it's just yeah. It's a nice, sweet little commercial, and the Love and Spoonful song is nice to me too. Though I wish they would have used Daydream. All right. So, well, you had another car commercial to be able to do that. So I have two (laughs) questions, actually. The standard question. Actually, you know what? I'll start with the unstandard question. Which of the three parody songs, not the originals, do you like best? Least, least Uh, to worst. Lightning round. uh, Okay. Three, two, one. Cool Whip for me. Oh, Cool Whip for me is the dumbest parody. Yeah. The, yeah, it's it's the same thing for me. Cool Whip is the dumbest. Good Humor Man is kind of cringy and dumb, but it's fun. And the happy magicalness of Deep Blue Magic for the happy clown is, is good for me. I think I'm going to flip it where it's Cool Whip at the bottom because it's garbage. And uh, I think McDonald's in the middle. It's kind of got of a bounciness, but I just really like I'm the Good Humor Man. I think it's mainly just because my brain's like slightly hyper and melted. 
Like much like an ice cream. Too. Yeah, so it's kind of fun, but it's also really cringy. In fact, the McDonald's one is probably the least in terms of lyrics. The word, like, it's the best one lyrically, but I don't know. The good humor one yeah, just fit it pretty slightly well. edges out. Okay, so final lightning round. Which product would you buy based on these commercials? Cool Whip, Good Humor, or McDonald's Jubilee Magic? Oh, this is going to be funny. Uh, based on the commercial, it's yeah. just the hardest part to me. I guess Cool Whip because it's showing. Me too. Wow, awesome. <laughs> Look, zoom in, zoom out. That's, that's Got a lot of delicious really food there. funny, so, yeah. actually, because and we've slated the commercial dancing. for being unmemorable and terrible. But the thing is, they've really like showcased the product, and Here's I really want it. Like, they've yeah, done a little bit of that with good humor as well. But for this one, I'm like, I really want it. So, what in particular yeah, would you use weird. it for? Which one would you want to use it for? Because I never had, I never really I liked just it. just eat it with a Jell-O. spoon out of the tub. <laughs> I never really liked it with Jello, cherry pie. I don't know. So, yeah, that would be the one. Yeah, me too. That's I funny. have a lightning round. What's your favorite actual song of these songs? Scat Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so i think well okay which one's your favorite actually sorry 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 i guess do you believe magic it's the most songy of the songs for me the other one's just uh magic the one's a novelty song the other one's just a a cash in over the hands craze yeah well i like i like scat man cool well that is actually it. We had a lot of questions. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of lessons. So if you enjoyed listening to us, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. We are on there as Retro Ad Review. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Retro Ad Review. We do commercials on there. <laughs> so I with like that. This. I like this episode. It's very positive. It's a positive episode. And, you know, if you got a stutter, don't worry about it. You're a good person. <laughs> All right. So, so says Gavin. And that's it. So, join us for our next series of commercials where we explain what they are and what we think. And that's all. So, bye. Bye. Cool whip.